0: Welcome to the Sooners Extra Podcast, powered by the Oklahoman. I'm your host, Ryan Aber. Joined right now by uh, fellow beat writer, Justin Martinez, columnist Jenny Carlson. Hopefully, uh, we'll have Barry Trammell joining us uh, before too long. But uh, we, we got to jump in and, and talk about the the biggest news, not only around OU, uh, and uh, but around college football this week. The news broke on, on Wednesday afternoon that Oklahoma and Texas had reached out to the SEC about potentially joining that conference. Jenny, were you surprised at, one, the news, and two, the timing of this? Uh y-
1: Yes, to an, an extent. I mean, I didn't expect uh, the the story of the, the month, the story of the summer, story of the year, question mark, to, uh, to come, uh, you know, on a sleepy Wednesday afternoon in July, but come it did. And, you know, as you deconstruct it, it's not surprising because um, the uh, leak, you know, I think we can safely say came from Texas A&M, which is trying to keep Any sort of Texas joining the SEC possibility from happening. Texas A&M was at SEC media day on Wednesday. Their head football coach Jimbo Fisher happened to be on the dais at the same time that this news came out. I don't think any of that was by uh, coincidence. So when you deconstruct it a little bit, the surprise wears off. But um, I do think, you know, a week ago, we were all in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for Big 12 football media days. Uh, there wasn't any kumbaya strains that I heard at Jerry World, but it seemed like things were, were pretty good, pretty harmonious across the uh, Big 12 landscape. And then here we are just a week later with, uh, you know, turmoil. So that was the surprising part. But, uh, you know, at this point, You know, we've got college athletes making money. We've got potential playoff expansion. I'm not sure anything surprises me in college athletics anymore.
0: Yeah, it it is certainly uh, hard to be surprised about everything uh, that's going on. But, uh, Justin, what about you? Maybe what was the most surprising thing about the way this last uh, 24 hours or so, as we're talking Thursday afternoon, has played out?
2: Yeah, I guess like Jenny said, the real surprising thing was kind of just the timing. It really did come out of nowhere. Um, Yeah, we we were just saying before we started recording, this really isn't how we thought our week was going to go. You know, what we thought we were going to be doing. But, you know, I guess that, like you said, that's kind of par for the course at this point. That's just what the college football landscape is like right now. It's changing every single day. And, you know, yesterday was a, a great example of that
0: yeah no no doubt about it, and it, it will continue to change. Uh, Jenny, if this move winds up being made, which I think a, a lot of us expect it to at this point, uh, what's the biggest benefit uh, for OU? Is it uh, monetary, or is there, there's something else that really stands out to you is uh, you know the, the the biggest thing about this?
1: Well, the biggest benefit, yes, is money, a lot of money. Um, it, it sounds like the um, the potential extra dollars in the coffers of OU and Texas, if they leave the Big 12 for a beefed up, ramped up um, SEC is projected to potentially be as much as uh, an extra $22 million per school. We're looking at a projected uh, annual payout per school in the SEC uh, potentially as high as $60 million, which the last time the Big 12 did annual payouts, the schools got a nice check, $38 million, nothing, uh, you know, nothing to sneeze at. But uh, if it if it could go as high as $60 million, I mean, that's that is not small. That is not a small uh, difference in what OU and Texas could be potentially bringing in. So, um, that is, that is, that's, that's big, you know, that is a lot of, of the, of the reasons why, uh, you're seeing Oklahoma and Texas look at this hard. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's definitely going to be some, um, some other side benefits for OU in Texas. Clearly that, uh, competition that you would see not just in football, but across, a lot of sports, guys. I mean, let's think about, you know, the softball, the the, the gymnastics, um, so many sports that the SEC um, is really good at, too. You could see some of the sports that OU plays seeing that increased competition. It'd probably mean a tougher road to championships, uh, you know, conference championships, for sure. But uh, I think that, I think the the trade-off when you're talking about the benefit of, of those dollars, it's, it's, it, that's the calculus that OU's playing with right now.
0: Yeah, and, and I think uh, that's certainly interesting to look at the bigger picture other than just football. Obviously, there's, there's benefits in football as well, uh, as well as uh, so, some reasons why you might not want to make the jump. Uh, but Barry, uh, Barry Trammell, uh, by the way, uh, has jumped on. What's maybe the biggest downfall of uh, making this jump, uh, potential jump
3: from the uh, Big 12 to the SEC? Well, I would say it would be um, potential um, reduced success. You know, if you go to the SEC, a 16 team SEC, you're not going to win as much as you have, no matter how good you are. Um, it's going to be more of an NFL style, um, where 10 and two is a pretty good record. Um, can the fans handle that? Can the donors handle that? Can the administrators handle that? Can the coaches handle that? Can the players handle it? Nobody's had to handle it. So, um, the, uh, the other thing is the loss of tradition and, uh, relationships, Um, This is an underrated thing about realignment, but OU is going to go into a... If OU and Texas join the SEC, they're going to go into SEC meetings and they're going to have a friend in that meeting and it's going to be each other. And they're not going to be... They're not going to have the power they had. They wielded a lot of power in the Big 12, but they also had friends in the Big 12. Longstanding friends and Now, you know, they're not going to they're not going to have that kind of influence. So uh, that comes up in a lot of different ways. But, um, you know, that's something you can work through, but it's something you have to get adjusted to. So I would be I would be on the lookout for that. No doubt about it. Yeah, I
0: think that's going to be really interesting, especially as it relates to Texas. And, and Texas A&M and that whole dynamic of why A&M and, and Missouri to some extent, too, but especially A&M uh, made that jump. Uh, Justin, you've got a chance to, to talk to some OU fans today, including some who uh, have even deeper connections to the Sooners. What's the sense that you get so far about the way that the, the fan base feels about this potential move?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a mixed reaction. Obviously, there's the excitement of it being, you know, a bigger stage, a bigger platform. But at the same time, as you guys have touched on it's going to be tougher competition. You're not going to have the same level of power that you did have in the Big 12. Um, And it kind of just is based on each fan. Some fans are more willing to see, you know, kind of sink or swim. How are the Sooners going to handle it? Other ones are kind of a little more comfortable with, with being in the spot they're at right now where they do have a better road. Uh, to potentially a college football playoff or a conference title, stuff like that. Um, So that's kind of the the sense that I've gotten from most of the fans that I've talked to today.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems like fans are are more open or uh, excited about this news than they were a few years ago when the Pac-12 was floated as a possibility and got uh, pretty close to becoming reality. Uh Jenny, is, is that the sense that you get? And do you feel like it's uh, because of just because of the SEC and everything that brings? Or is it, uh, it changes in the way this fan base feels about the Big 12 and things that have happened over the last few seasons?
1: I'm not sure I sense a lot of angst against the Big 12. I could be wrong. Um, I'm sure there is some. I mean, there probably always will be. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily know that a ton has changed. And I think a lot of OU fans see the, uh, benefit of being in the big 12 for OU from the standpoint of, um, you know, big fish in the pond, you know, they have a lot of sway when, you know, Barry was referencing those meetings. There's going to be meetings, um, you know, that they're just, they're just another school where when they walk into those big 12 meetings, people take, you know they they pay attention and they'll listen to what OU's has to say not to say that they that the SEC wouldn't but i just think it's a different level of um, you know when you you won the last six you know football league conference, conference championships when you've been the conference's only representative in the college football playoff when you've got uh 10 national championships over the last i believe six academic years i mean those sorts of things hold sway so i think that there are definitely fans out there that See that and appreciate it, but I do think there's the the wanderlust of you know games at uh, you know at these SEC locales that are, have long been the one-offs. You know they've been that that home and home series that gets set up you know 15 years ahead of time, 20 years ahead of time, and everybody hopes they're still alive to see it happen. Like that becomes every week uh, in the fall. So I think that there's definitely you know there, i don't to me there's probably some people that are 100% behind go and probably some that are 100% behind stay but i definitely think that there's probably more people that are leaning go or or, or are are in that camp of go in large part because the sec continues to be the dominant conference in college football and college football is the dri- is the driver of all things college sports related and so when the best conference in the country is a possible landing spot, I think there's some prestige and esteem that comes with that, and that's that's pretty uh, appealing to a lot of fans.
0: Yeah, a- absolutely. Barry, uh, we, when you've talked to people and, and tried to get a sense of uh, sort of what's going on and, and how this whole thing has come together, do you – get a feeling for the timeline of of when this could happen we know that the tv deal expires after the uh, 2024-25 academic year the 2024 football season do you think it could happen any earlier than that uh or is that sort of the the 25 season uh the time that's been sort of circled as as the time to make the move
3: well, I think it's possible we could have an earlier transition if this happens. You don't see a ton of lame duck, uh, multiple lame duck seasons when this occurred. Um, you know, Nebraska played one, Colorado played one, Missouri played one, A and M played one when they moved. Um, Arkansas to the S the, to the SEC 30 years ago played one or two. I can't remember. You don't see a three or four year process play out, but you also didn't have grant of rights. You didn't have as much money at stake. Um, so that would have to be all figured out. Um, if, if OU and Texas leave, they're not going to be cut any breaks financially. They're going to have to, if they want out early, they're going to have to write a big old check. And, um, that's going to be complicated, the negotiation process. Some of it will be determined by what happens with the conference left behind. Does it dissolve and everybody scatter? Does it march on? Um, those are questions that, that we don't know right now. So it's it's going to be difficult. It's not impossible, but it's going to be difficult for the Sooners and Longhorns to make a quick jump to the SEC.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that's going to be the case. I think it'll be interesting to see how this whole thing plays out just because of, uh, yeah, that, that grant of rights. But do the other schools band together solely against OU and Texas to try to get a, as much money as they can out of them? Or uh, do they see a, a timeline where they can uh, make the best move for themselves and make a jump, whether that's to, uh, you know, another power conference or, or whatever, and, and maybe, uh, take a little bit less in, in order to, to get that, that ball rolling. So that'll certainly be, be interesting to watch as, as this whole thing plays out, uh, how that unfolds because that grant of rights was made such a big deal was made about it at the time. And it, it has helped make the big 12, Uh, You know, one of the more stable leagues in college football, but certainly when OU and Texas say, hey, we're uh, thinking about getting out, that stability can go away uh, pretty quick. Uh, Justin, um, you uh, obviously are are new around here, but have been around the Big 12 for quite a bit. Uh, The the basketball uh, angle is is something that uh, you're going to be focused on. You know, what What do you make about this for uh, other
2: sports, uh, especially basketball? yeah, I mean, I think it's that's definitely something that you have to consider. I know the focus is mainly on on football right, football right now, the impact of that, but I definitely think that you know the competition is going to be just as good as it would be out there in the SEC. Um, Oklahoma as it stands, obviously you've you've already seen them play some of those teams with the big twelve SEC challenge. Um, I think it's interesting to see just how they would fit into that, that landscape. You know, I'm, I'm not sure what would happen to the big 12, what Oklahoma and Texas out of there, I guess a team like Oklahoma state will become the favorite, a team like, like Baylor would become the favorite in the conference. It would be interesting to see how it affects basketball as well.
0: Yeah. And basketball is one of the ones where the big 12 has generally been the better league. Uh, than the SEC with the, the depth that they've had there. Uh, Barry, what do you think about that? We were talking about some other sports here right before you jumped on, but uh, what do you make of the impact that this move could have uh, in, in those sports, especially basketball?
3: Um, well, I mean, it'll it will diminish our – when i say our i'm talking about the consumers hour enjoyment of basketball sec basketball is very good it's not as good as the big 12 but still very good but we don't know much about those people you know um you OU plays baylor OU you plays iowa state OU you plays k-state you know all about those you know them all about them forever all of a sudden, OU's going to play LSU or Mississippi State or Auburn. I mean, we don't know anything about it. We don't even know where they play. We don't know anything about them. Um, it will decrease the interest, I think, in in college basketball at OU. Um, I also think it doesn't matter. Uh, I talked to a guy in Utah today trying to get a gauge on you know, what the Pac-12 was thinking, what somebody like the University of Utah would be thinking. And I asked him that question. I said, you know, Utah had a good basketball tradition for a long time, made the final four the championship game in 98 under Rick Majerus. I said, all through all this stuff, how much was basketball a factor whenever the Pac-12 expanded or when it talked about expanding all those things? Uh, His answer was none, does not matter. And it really doesn't matter in this. This is a football decision. Um, There will be some sports that are enhanced. You've talked about them, the softball, the gymnastics. There'll be some sports that are really challenged. Baseball comes to mind real fast for me. But when it comes to basketball, it won't have a huge effect. Might actually give OU a chance to win more you're talking about the big 12 has the reigning national champion and the year bef- the, the tournament before that had, the had the reigning national runner up and neither one of those are Kansas. But <laughs> you know, it's, it, you, you could win more. You might be able to win a little more in the sec, but I think the interest level is going to be diminished.
0: Yeah, I, I would certainly agree with that. I think it, now, I, I do think there would be maybe an uh, initial small bump there, just as some schools come in that OU hasn't uh, traditionally hosted, uh, especially you know whenever Kentucky comes to town, things like that. But on balance, certainly I, I think that that's the case because uh, you know there's not a whole lot of programs really outside of Kentucky that are going to move the needle. In any uh, significant way, Jenny, um, been a lot of talk over the last 24 hours about potential alignment of an SEC with uh, Texas and OU added. Um, There had been talk about uh, just keeping the east and west uh, uh, divisions, uh, moving Alabama and Auburn over to the east, Missouri uh, coming uh, back to the west or to the west with OU and Texas in that division. I saw an interesting uh, proposal from, I think it was the SEC Network, uh, on uh, four pods uh, that would uh, you'd play every team in your pod every year, and then you'd play uh, two games uh, in in the other pods. Uh, That was really interesting to me because it would solve what is a big problem with SEC scheduling right now, yeah. Which is, uh, teams, certain teams not coming to other conference venues for years, years on end. I think every team in that uh, proposal would play at every other place every uh, four years. So uh, players would uh, get an opportunity to play in every stadium and against every opponent uh, during a, a, a normal four year career. What do you think would be the best alignment? Uh, for a potential SEC with OU and Texas added.
1: You know, that that four-pod system was one I hadn't given much thought to until I I saw it too, Ryan. Um, And the other thing it does, if I've done my math right, and goodness knows my math skills have been tested in the last 24 hours, I think that would give each team nine conference games in the SEC, which is another thing that's been a little bit of a challenge with the SEC because they have had the four non-conference games and they – Every team has one just crap tastic non conference game every year. If you went to that four pod system and had nine conference games, then you'd be looking at three non-conference. And I think that the SEC teams would likely have a pretty good run if they didn't have that extra non-conference game. So it's interesting. I think it if if now it's gonna be interesting to see alignment wise, if that's part of the conversation that the SEC teams have in terms of are they going to try to block this thing? Uh, It's been made pretty widely known that Texas A&M will vote no on uh, Oklahoma and Texas coming in because of Texas. And I'm sure to some extent because of OU, they don't want to recruit against them in football any more than they have to. But, you know, if you look at at that, um, if you look at a West-East division, you wonder if does Missouri say – Heck no, we're not doing that. I mean, are they are they against uh, that divisional alignment? Are the teams in the East against it if they suddenly have Alabama and Auburn with them? If it's a four team system or a four pod system, I mean, I saw the the alignment I saw proposed had Alabama, Auburn, Tennessee, and Vandy in a pod. Vandy's not going to be super fired up about that. I'm, so you know, I don't know if the SEC they used to be such a top down leadership conference where whatever the commissioner and the and the league office said everybody just did is that going to happen with this that that to me is interesting and to answer your question Ryan i like the four pod system because it 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 changes that um, that routine or that flow of who's who's playing who, and you don't have these long gaps between playing somebody else in the conference. But I just wonder, is that is that um, is that alignment going to be a factor at all in final decisions? And I don't have the answer to that, and the SEC may not either.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of us have firm answers on things uh, right now. Uh, Justin, what about you? What uh, what alignment do you prefer? as you've uh, looked over a few of these possibilities?
2: Yeah, I think the, the four-pot system interests me the most. Um, I think from what I'd seen, it was probably going to be Arkansas, uh, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Jenny, if we we're really at the same one, I believe that's what, where Oklahoma would fall in that. I think, that's to me, that's the option that, that I'm most interested in. I, I guess that would probably be my answer would be the one that I'm, that I'm thinking of.
3: And then what about you, Barry? Well, I mean, the
2: pod that you're
3: talking about is actually fairly equitable in that it has two prominent football names in each – or football programs in each pod. you got Florida and Georgia in one, Auburn, Alabama in another, A&M, LSU in, in one, and then OU Texas in the, in the fourth. The problem you have with the pod system is – the public won't like it. Um, people like us will eat it up because we'll analyze it and write about it. And but the, lots of your general public will say, "Now wait, what? The, how's the schedule work? What year is it? So what? What year is the pod? Are we aligned with somebody?" And you know, the hardcore fans will will embrace it, but the general run of the mill fans, of which there's a ton will have trouble with it. It's tough to market, I guess. So I think the SEC would be much better off if it just went to divisions and, um, you know, fought through it. You know, Jacko talked about, you know, the top down makeup of the SEC, uh, politically, you know, I don't know what it's like today, but that would be ideals if they just decided on whatever division and saying, this is the way it is. Everybody accept it. Um, you know the 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 good news is most of these SET the you know the numbers I've been able to ascertain is that you know initially this is worth sixteen million dollars a year for the for the SEC schools. You can, you can you can live with a lot of divisional change if if you're getting sixteen million dollars extra a year. So um, I, I think divisions are preferable. You might have to go to pods as some kind of some kind of uh, compromise, but divisions are much more preferable. I'm going to disagree with you on one thing
0: you said there, Barry. You talked about the scheduling sort of going over the heads of some fans if you do the pod system. I mean, when you think about OU in Texas, I'd certainly agree with that. But it's not like the SEC scheduling is very. Uh, fan friendly to begin with with their crossover games that they have between divisions every year and and things like that where you get these long long stretches of teams either not playing each other or certainly not playing each other uh at a certain venue so um i I don't think it's as big of a leap for maybe the sec folks as it is for the
3: big 12 folks the uh the future standings, the idea that the pods would rotate like a Rubik's Cube from year to year so that one year, you know, the, the OU division and the LSU division would be aligned in terms of, of the standings. And then the next year, the OU and the Alabama division would be in the or pod would be in the same division, that kind of thing. It's just very complicated. You know, people sort of like standardization. The, the Big Ten tried... That goofy legends and leaders <laughs> division set up ten years ago, not based on geography, and even even their high self backed off quickly because it was such a it was such a boondoggle to fans. So uh, I just I just think marketing-wise, an SEC West and SEC West, uh, SEC West, SEC East is a much more Palatable to, to fans than trying to figure out who you're aligned with from year to year.
1: I wonder, guys, if there's a chance that if they if they go with the, the East and West makeup, is there any chance they increase the crossover games? I mean, I, I don't know. I, it it, it uh, that would give you uh, what, six games in your in your uh, geographic. I mean, could they could they make it? three crossovers so you get to that nine
3: well that that, wow. that mean you'd place you wouldn't play somebody in your own division so i don't know the, the pod
1: i'm sorry eight, yeah you're right seven seven and yeah. three so you'd be looking at you'd be looking at only two non-conference games right so.
3: yeah, yeah. And, and ryan's right the the pod would be more you'd see fate you'd see people more often um you know in in LSU and Alabama playing twice every, you know, what are we talking about? Be, if twice every eight years is probably not a great system either. That's one of the the problems with the 16 team conference. There are no good answers. I mean, it's the best of bad options. Is is what you're talking about? That's one of the that's one of the things the 14 team conference has has uh, elicited in college sports and. You go to 16, and it's it's even worse. So you're going to have some conference members you just don't see very often.
1: Yeah, it's I told you my math was not to be trusted after these last 24 hours, by the way. But I will say the the thing about we haven't really talked about the expanded playoffs part in all of this. But to me, that's where the idea of maybe you do go to 10 conference games. You know, if you're if you're not worried so much about um you know your win-loss record if the if the playoff expansion gets you in if you're 10 and 2 you know maybe maybe the sec would think you know what let's get more of these games involving our own teams which are the best teams in the country and just reduce the number of non-conference games i mean and we all know the cost of non-conference <laughs> opponents continues to go up more and more schools want more and more money a really terrible matchup. So maybe there's something to be said for how the expanded playoff might play into that decision for the SEC in the long term.
3: Now, if if that occurs, Jacko, let me tell you what, that, that uh, money we talked about, the upgrade of the SEC contract is going to be even more. If you give them more conference games and fewer Alabama Mercers and uh, Tennessee, uh, Western Carolinas, and, and uh florida uh whoever you know uh, florida a and m or florida a and m whatever yeah, if you give them less of that and more florida l s u games or Ole miss missouri game whatever, then the money's gonna just skyrocket and uh mm-hmm. I do think it would be a cultural shock to some of those schools to go from eight to ten you might you know, they might go to eight to nine see how it goes and then eventually get up to ten. We saw him play 10 games this in COVID. That was the schedule. Everybody plays 10 conference games, no non-conference games. So not everybody got through the schedule and played everybody, but they they at least attempted it and seemed like uh, there was a a great deal of survival. So maybe that would occur.
0: Yeah, it'll certainly uh, be interesting to see what happens uh, alignment wise and scheduling wise if this whole thing's happened uh, a couple more questions here before we get out of here. And, and Justin, we'll start, uh, start this win on you. What, uh, trip or matchup or both are, would you most look forward to if OU makes the leap to the sec?
2: That's a good question. Um, I think just football wise, just at least on my personal bucket list, going out to an Alabama game has always been up there for me. I mean, you know, they're just—they've obviously been at the mountaintop for so long in college football. Getting to go out there would be good. Um, That—that's probably would be the one I'll be looking forward to. I'm wondering on for basketball wise, they're—they're they're probably still going to do the Big Twelve SEC challenge. So is that kind of just like reunion games? Would maybe would that be when we see Oklahoma State, Oklahoma maybe, or something like that? I don't know how that would work out. That'd be a little awkward if they kept doing that after this. I'm just wondering what your guys' thoughts are on that.
0: Yeah, that'll be really interesting to see. And and Justin, that brings up a another good point uh, that that I was going to ask about, and we'll take a diversion there for a second. But Barry, what ha- Barry, what do you think? Or or Jenny, uh, let's start off with you on this one. What do you think about the Bedlam? What becomes a Bedlam if uh, this move happens?
1: Bedlam? I'm in favor of Bedlam, let me tell (laughs) you. I'm a fan of Bedlam. I say keep it going. I say make it uh, uh, a continuing series in, uh, why not, in every sport. Make it happen. Uh, To me, if you're trying to get tickets sold, if you're trying to get fan interest. If you're trying to get quality opponents, there's both sides. There's reason for both sides to want to continue to play this series. Yes, there's going to be hard feelings if this happens. Yes, I mean, it's going to be strained. But if money is a driving factor, and we know that it is, they're going to sell tickets to Bedlam if these teams are in separate conferences. So yes, I'm a fan of Bedlam. Keep it going.
3: Well, here's the deal. We've seen it, we've seen this fall apart. We've seen Texas-Texas A&M rivalry fall apart. Kansas-Missouri fall apart. And when that occurred, those were decisions that were made out of pride, out of anger, out of a lot of non-economic reasons. And part of that reason is because A&M in Texas and KU-Missouri were largely on the same economic level. When when Missouri left the Big 12, Kansas didn't need Mizzou at, to come into Allen Fieldhouse to to enhance their basketball season ticket. Okay, you can you know they can play the Fort Leavenworth uh, alumni team, and you mm-hmm. know the fog will be full. Texas didn't need the A and M game to enhance its its fan base and entice them to buy tickets. But Bedlam's different. OU and OSU are not on the same economic level. OU has a much bigger budget, a bigger, a bigger uh, fan base, um, way bigger stadium in football, and it's to OSU's advantage. No matter what ends up happening, whether they stay with a watered-down Big 12 or whether they go to another conference, it's to OSU's advantage to keep this series alive. They could they, it'd be beneficial for football season tickets it would be good for the basketball it'd be it would be a financial blow to lose that series on top of losing you know the bell cows of the big 12 so i anticipate bedlam surviving um in a in a regular form yeah
0: i i would imagine so and i i also think that uh you know there there could be a chance even that that's part of uh, the the negotiations to leave that that it continues on uh, in, in some substantial way. But uh, just just real quick here as we we, we wrap it up, uh, Jenny, what about you? What what matchup would you most be looking forward to? What trip would you most be looking forward to uh, in a potential move to the SEC?
1: Well, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to think that you could top OU Bama. I mean. Bama at OU or or OU at Bama, but if you it, let's extrapolate down the road a few years and you know put on our rose colored glasses and think um, Josh Heupel gets Tennessee going, Neyland Stadium, one of the biggest stadiums in the country, that Tennessee orange and Rocky Top blaring, I think that could be if if things go correctly with our rose colored glasses, that'd be a fun setup to see.
0: Yeah, no doubt it. Barry, what about you? Uh, Let's take out uh, Alabama out of the equation.
3: Well, you, you can put them back in. I was going to vote for Auburn. I've been to Alabama. I've been to a game at Tuscaloosa. I've been to a game at Georgia. And I've been to a game at Tennessee. So really, that comes down to Florida, Auburn, and LSU. I've not been to games on their campus. And out of those three, I'd like to go to a game at Auburn. I'd like to see War Eagle fly around. I'd like to see kind of town Auburn, Alabama is. And um, that'd sort of be the one I'd look most forward to, I think.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, I will say this. What's up? Uh, I I will say this for that Oklahoma, Alabama game. Who is Jalen Hurts rooting for? I saw someone tweet out, uh, I don't know if you guys know the Rob Lowe post or the the meme where he's wearing just the standard NFL hat like he's not rooting for anyone. <laughs> Someone said that's pretty much Jalen Hurts at the Alabama OU game, so I think that would be interesting.
0: Yeah, Barry,
1: that, I think that I think Barry, Barry, Speaking of Twitter, Barry might argue that the the uh, remerge or reemergence of fake Don Beebe, Dan Beebe, the uh, the uh, the uh, faux account for the former Big 12 commish, has made a return with all this talk. I think Barry's most excited about that, frankly.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go Florida. Uh, It's one of the few SEC uh, cities that I've never been to. Uh, I uh, haven't covered a football game in Alabama, but been there for actually a couple basketball games uh, and really been to, to most of the East as well. So, um, I, am going to go with, with Florida, um, uh, there and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, that'd be, that'd be a fun trip, uh, to close it out here, uh, after talking road trips and all the, uh, potential benefits and, and pitfalls of this, we'll, we'll boil it down to this. Is OU moving to the SEC, uh, Jenny?
1: I gotta say, I didn't even think this was the conversation we'd be having 24 hours ago, but now I think they're going. Um, to me, the biggest thing at this point um, is can the A&M faction in the SEC mount a big enough group to say no? That would, to me, that would be the biggest thing that I don't know the answer to because it sure sounds like.
3: OU has decided it wants to go. Barry? Um, I think it will happen. I think uh the numbers just scream it. I mean it's pretty clear OU and Texas have made the made the decision to go if they're invited. So the question becomes, does the SEC pull the trigger? And just the numbers are, you know, staggering from You know, approximately, from what I understand, 44 million per school would jump to 60 million per school. That's a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of money. And can A and M find three partners to turn down 16 million dollars a year? Doesn't seem likely to me. Yeah,
0: I'm right there with you. I I think certainly A and M doesn't want this to happen, but I don't think that that's going to be enough. Uh, I, I, the money is just too much uh, to to make that leap. Um, yeah, I, I think that uh, this move is going to happen. OU is going to be in the SEC here in a few years. Uh, you know, we'll see what the exact timeline winds up being. But what a what a fascinating thing. Um, you know, we thought we were going to have another couple of uh, nice easy weeks here before spring practice uh, starts. That has not been the case as well. Plenty to to write about and talk about and, um, you know, uh, everything else about over these next uh, couple weeks as this thing comes into sharper focus. But uh, we'll wrap it up there on the Sooners Extra podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, As always, we'll be back next week. In the meantime, uh, check out, for every day at oklahoman.com every morning in the oklahoman for the best OU coverage anywhere thank you so much